that he had seen in a statistic that was kept that the average um, faithful, so-called nowadays faithful member to church goes about three out of eight Sundays. So that ends up narrowing it down to about 18 Sundays a year. Now I want you to think about that church. And they said that I don't know how anyone could live on 18 to 20 sermons for spiritual food throughout the year. Now you think about that. And people's trying to make it on that small amount of uh, guidance and spiritual leading where they can sit down and learn about the Word of God. And uh, it's so sad because back then a, a faithful member was three times or more a week, wasn't it? That's what I'm saying. And he's telling the honest truth. In, in 20 years, he's missed three services. And that's the honest truth. Why? Because when my papa grew up, he was raised. Now, when he was younger, he didn't know anything about God. But when he got with my grandmother, him and her was in church almost every day of the week. And that's what I'm saying. At least five days going to a prayer meeting. Or going to a service. And we wonder why these older folk are so wise. And why we see the younger ones running around with chickens like chickens with their head cuts off, cut off. Well, I mean, it's true. But, um, and I was talking to my dad last night as we was coming home. On our way home. And, and I, I asked him, I said, Dad, you know, it's so curious how people that... They're dealing with problems, yet they won't come to the house of God and try to learn and get those problems resolved at the house of God. But instead, they continue to deal and deal and deal and deal with the problem. But we got to talking how, how much temptation there is in the world now that there wasn't then to miss church. You think about it. Um... You know, and you, you have a lot of people that decide that they're going to stay in the comfort of their own house and watch the Facebook Live. You see, I, I love the Facebook Live that we do. But let me tell you, it's not the same as when you get into His presence. Now, I'm a firm believer that, that God's presence and anointing can flow through them airwaves, through the TV, and through the, the computer. I mean, I know I've felt it. But there's something about when you gather in His presence... When you get in his midst with a group of people, something happens good. Exactly. Don't forget the assembling of your brethren. It's so important. And, you know, I was just got, got off on that limb because I like teaching. That's what I'm saying. When you get together. Absolutely. Absolutely. And. You know, you, you look at the testimonies that people have and stuff. And, and when we get together as a group, as a, as a fellowship group, when we get together, I, I believe strongly that an important thing of the church, number one is you've got to preach the right message. But number two is you have to have fellowship. You have to, what's that song that Mary's sister sings? You're my brother and you're my sister. Take me by the hand. Together we will walk. Work. And until the end, I, 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 until he comes. 
There's no foe that can defeat us when we're walking side by side. Now, Satan's scared of you, Robert. But when you get with Ronnie, and when you two get with me, and when we get with them, and when we get with them, and when we get with Bill in the back, and when we add Papa and Judy to the mix, then that's when Satan starts to flee. That's when he starts to shake in his boots. Because when, when he's coming up against one child of God, don't get me wrong, they've got power. But when there is numbers, church, when there is no, when we get together and go toward the enemy, then that's when God starts to move. And that's why it's so important. I encourage you guys to, uh, to, to, to come to this Sunday school and... And, and, and try to feed and learn. And uh, I think Claudie's been doing a great job. Uh, and, I, and I love to get up here and teach. I really do. I, I just like to get up here and try to explain the Word of God. Because, you know, there's so much in the Word of God that is worth explaining. And I want to focus on uh, a verse of Scripture that I'm going to center everything else around. And it's in Galatians chapter 3, 11. Each of you guys turn, if you have your Bible, to Galatians chapter 3, verse 11. Uh, this is really the key to our walk, as I was stating, with God. I know that each of us in here are on a journey with God. As we, at one point in our Christian lives, knelt down at the altar and gave our hearts to Jesus Christ. We begin a lifelong journey, a lifelong walk with God. It, it, it doesn't just stop there, but we continue to live for God. We continue to be made. He, he, uh, the Bible says that He had, that has started a good work in you will continue to perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. So that means as long as we're here on this earth, that we are on a journey walking and living for God. And the way that we live for God is in Galatians chapter 3 verse 11. Can be summed up and, and, and gathered into one verse. And it's this. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it is evident. For the just shall live by faith. Yes, amen. For the just shall live by faith. And that's going to be the title of my sermon this morning. The just shall live. Not by works. Not by good things that we do. Not by going to church. Although I just spoke about how important that is. But it's not by going to church. It's not by praying. Not by fasting. Not by reading your Bible. Those things are things that Christians should do. But the just shall live by faith. Yes, amen. amen. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you. We thank you for your presence. Lord, we feel and sense your sweet anointing and presence. Lord, we just ask for the true teacher to come in this place this morning, Lord. And and take these words that are coming from my mouth, Lord. Let them be anointed and let them go into our hearts, Lord. And let them be instilled and stored in our very hearts. That as we would come about life circumstances, that we would focus and refer back to these things that we've heard today. And everybody says, 
Amen. You know, so many of the, so much of the church has got the wrong idea of living for God. So much of the church has got the wrong instructions in their head of living for God. You see so many Christians nowadays give up. You see so many Christians quit. You see so many Christians throw in the towel because they have the wrong concept of how to live for God. And it's something that much of the church has drilled into the heads of Christians and disciples for God. And it's this. And it's, and it's one of the biggest problems for Christians. But it's so looked over. And it's that the more good things that you do, the harder that you try, the more that you put yourself to the plow and, and, and carry your cross and deal with that terrible weight of sin, the more that you do that, that you're going to get victory. And it cannot be done. And I'm going to prove it to you just in a moment in Scripture. So much of the church is looking at works as a way to gain righteousness. And I want us to think about that just for a moment. Righteousness. We should all hunger and thirst for righteousness. Yes. He said, those that hunger and thirst for righteousness, they shall be filled. Each of our prayers should be, Lord, I hunger and I thirst for your righteousness. Fill me, Lord. Fill me with your righteousness. But yet, there's something that we must understand. God works through grace. Amen. And I want to talk about grace for just a moment. I guess there's so many different definitions for grace. The world usually says uh, unmerited favor. That's what the world says. And I like to define it as God's goodness to those that are undeserving. Those that deserve it not. How many of us have been at that point that we don't deserve His grace and His mercy? But grace is a free gift. Grace is something that we can not earn. Amen. And so much of the church have looked at grace and they've said, well, they took the grace out of its context and out of its concept. Well, since I've got grace, I, I can go ahead and live however I want. I can go ahead and live a life full of sin. I can go ahead and do this, that, and this, and the blood covers it. My friend, it says that we are now under grace. Shall we continue in sin? God Forbid. God forbid. Do away with the fault. Let it not be so. God forbid. See, grace doesn't give us the license to sin, but grace gives us the ability to live holy. Grace gives us the ability to live righteous. Grace gives us the ability to say, you know what? I am guilty. I am, I am bad. But thank God that I've got the righteousness of Christ inside of me. Thank God that it is imputed to me. Thank God that there's nothing that I've done to deserve it. 
but that I've got that righteousness and that grace to live holy. You see, the grace of God is the working of the Holy Spirit to make us like Christ. I put on Facebook a little while ago that when your eyes get off Christ-like, to live like Christ, and get on to live like self, then you've lost your vision as a Christian. We should ever be striving to be more and more like Christ. But no man can reach can reach that level in and of themselves. I want us to think about that. No man can be like Jesus Christ by their own ability. I taught Sunday school a couple of months ago. The title of my message was God's Great Plan for Redemption. And I talked about how the seed of Adam was cursed by sin. That we were sold unto sin. We're we're all born carnal and sinful because of what Adam did at the fall. We had that corrupted nature inside of us that bends us to do things like kill, like like steal, and, 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 and to do things like lying. And like anger and and strive and envy and jealousy. You see, you don't have to teach a baby how to steal a toy from another baby. Think about it. You can put two babies in a crate and one toy. And one baby is going to end up crying. And the other baby is going to end up hitting another baby and getting the toy. You see... These things, and then I'm not saying that babies are sinners going to hell. I'm not saying that, but they have a sinful nature that bends them to do unrighteous things. And there is no way to get back to God except through the blood. Because what the blood does is it takes away sin. He said, behold the Lamb of God that takes away all the sin of the world. When we repent, we turn from our wicked ways and give our life to Christ. When He looks at us, after that moment when we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, He looks at us as cleansed. He looks at us as washed. He looks at us as white as snow. He looks at us as new. He looks at us as He does His Son, Jesus Christ. The Bible says that if you would just believe on the name of Jesus Christ, thou shalt be saved. There is no other way for man to be saved but believing on the, on the Lord Jesus Christ. And when we all experience that time in our lives, I want you to think about this as Christians. This is what we've got. This is what we have got as Christians. When we gave our hearts to Christ, God no longer looked at us as us, but He looks at us in His Son, Jesus Christ. You see, God can't bless us, church. He can't bless us. We're sinful man. But when we're in Christ Jesus, when we're in Jesus Christ, 
by faith, when we have received the promise, when we have believed on what Jesus did at Calvary's cross, we are baptized into Him and we're seen in Christ Jesus. So it's then that God can bless us. He looks at us as His Son. We're a joint heir with Jesus Christ and an heir to God. That means that the inheritance that Jesus has, you've got the same inheritance. The same thing that Jesus has, you've got it. In the Old Testament, when somebody was adopted, when, when somebody was adopted into the family, they had the same birthrights as the, the natural sons. And, and the Bible says that we are, uh, uh, we are saved and we're in the spirit of adoption that we cry, Abba, Father. And we're joint heirs to Jesus Christ and heirs to God. That means that the inheritance that He has, we've got it. We've got it. We've got that. As believers, we don't, we don't take advantage that we've got it. And if you need a little bit of it, then all you got to do is ask. All you got to do is ask. He said, ask and seek and knock and it shall be opened unto you. All you've got to do is ask. Let, let me tell you what's in that inheritance just for a moment. Healing is in that inheritance. Blessings are in that inheritance. Joy is in that inheritance. Victory over sin is in that inheritance. And to, to gain your inheritance, church, if you need it, ask and believe God. And all that He won at Calvary's cross was won and in that inheritance. And boy, I tell you what, don't my grandma look pretty this morning? With that trench coat on, that's sharp, I like that. You look pretty this morning, you know that? Galatians chapter 3, uh, verse 11. And I'm going to read it one more time for them. And I'm about to go to another verse of Scripture in Galatians. Galatians 3 and 11 says, But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God. It is evident, for the just shall live by faith. And as, as we have that same inheritance, now I'm going to explain this to you guys. This term is not used a lot in the church. But as we've been saved, church, and we've got that same inheritance that Christ has, we're a joint heir to Him. Our sins are now gone. They're underneath the blood. We're brought up on the rock. And, and my favorite verse of Scripture is Psalms 41 uh, two through three, is that He has brought me up out of the horrible pit, out of the miry clay, yeah. and He set my feet yeah. on the rock, yeah. and He's established my goings, yeah. and filled me with a new song of praise. Yeah. We're brought up now. We was in a horrible pit in the miry clay, but when Jesus died on Calvary, and when you have believed, the report of the Lord. Then you've been brought up. You've been brought up. And set on the rock. And that is called. Justification. By faith. The just shall live by faith. Now that's the start. To your Christian walk. You're justified by faith. What does that mean? That when you believed in Jesus Christ. Your sins were cast as far as the east. Is from the west. 
in the sea of God's forgetfulness. That's where you start as a Christian. You start as perfect. You start as holy and acceptable to God. I mean, you, you, you start as God looks at you as not. He don't look at you as Ruby Owens. He don't look at you as Sue Clifton, but He looks at you as Jesus Christ. He looks at you the same that He does His Son. Clean, washed, holy, and righteous in the eyes of God. You think about that, church. No man can describe that. No man can come up with a theory to tell you how, but the Holy Ghost comes inside and takes out the stones and brings in the good. When, when you, both of you, but were alcoholics, deal with a lifestyle that, that controlled you, but something changed. He made a change in me. He made a change. I no longer desire those things, but I've got something in me that wants something righteous. And holy. That's where we are as Christians. And so many Christians. They've got that. But so many Christians. They want. And see I want to deal with that. When you're saved. Your desire changes. He takes away the desire. That you used to have. And puts in a desire for righteousness. A desire to please God. A desire for holiness. A desire to live right. He takes away the desires of sin. You see, now, now I, I, we, we will still deal with temptations of sin. We still deal. And, and sometimes it's longer when you're delivered from something like alcoholism, sometimes it's immediate, gone. But then sometimes there is a, God has to keep moving and working in us and bringing us toward that point. But there's a desire that's there that says, I don't want to fail. I don't want to live wrong. I'm sorry, Word of Faith Church, that says you can sin all your want you want. If you're a Christian, you do not want sin. But you want to live righteous. And holy. And I know we've all been there where we, we want to please God. But we find ourselves struggling and fighting and fighting. But this is where so many Christians get it wrong. They try to fight that sin, they try to do this, that, and this to overcome it. They try to, to, to read their Bible more to overcome it. They try to pray more to overcome it. They try to make that their fight against sin. They try to come to church more to overcome that sin, but it can't be done. See, they're fighting the wrong fight. You don't fight and, and do things to, 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 to gain victory, but you fight to keep the faith that the victory has already been won. You fight the fight of faith. Not the fight that Jesus won. You see, so many Christians find themselves struggling with sin. They find themselves struggling against the, the wiles of the devil, of this world of flesh. And we will until we're glorified and in heaven. We're going to face that. But so many are trying to please God. So many are trying to do it by their own willpower and by that desire like I just talked about. That desire that you've got to do good. So many take that desire and say, well, I can do it. Oh, 
but you can't. You have to realize like Paul, oh wretched man that I am. There is no good thing in the flesh. Not one. Think about that. And so many Christians are trying. They take that desire to live for God and that desire to do right. And they say, I'm going to do this. I'm going to nestle down. I'm going to take my cross on my back and I'm going to power through this. But there's no way that you can make it on your own. The just, just like we read, when it refers to law, that no man is justified by the law. That means that the law cannot do it. If the law could do it, then why did God send His Son to do it for us? If the law could justify man, then Jesus Christ died in vain. But Jesus had to die so we could believe. Jesus had to die so we could believe. Jesus had to die so we could believe. Think about it. Christians find themselves in a battle. And there is a battle that we face against the flesh. But we've got to realize, my papa always told me this when I was little, when we played Cowboys and Indians. I'll never forget it, what he told me. And I believe, to be honest with you, that it was God bringing it to my remembrance and helping me remember it. He said, son, we was fighting. The, we was the Confederates just because I like the gray uniform. I'm not into slavery, guys. I'm not into that. But we was the... He said... We may, me and Papa would lose a battle. I, I, it's just like yesterday. He said, we may have lost the battle, but we've not lost the war. Amen. Glory to God. Church, we're going to lose battles. But what we've got to realize is that the war is already won. I said, the war is all, it is finished, he said. He, he gave up the ghost. He said, forgive them. They know what, not what they do. Father, why have you forsaken me? Why have you? And then he said those words. It is finished. The veil was ripped from top to bottom. We may lose the battle from time to time. But what we've got to remember is that Jesus Christ already won the war. He defeated Satan, death, hell, and the grave. He holds the keys of hell and death. He holds the keys. I was reading Revelations. He holds the keys. He holds the keys to hell. He holds the keys to death. Glory to God. Powerful statement. Yeah. I will stand. Hell. That's it. Prevail against it. And you, 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 there you go. They're not standing on the rock. You see, they've been saved, but then when you when you trust in self. You're leaving the rock. When you trust in yourself. And when I say self, church, listen, we as Christians, like I told you, we have a desire. We should read our Bible every day. It teaches us. You would not figure out that the just live by faith if you didn't read your word. You would not figure out, you would not get close to God if you didn't pray. And, 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 and the power of God sometimes would not come down if you didn't fast. If you didn't pray and seek His face. But what we have to realize is that it's not those things that bring us victory. But it's faith in Christ and what He's done in the rock that has brought us out. And we must trust and stand upon the rock. 
Uh, Regina's preaching today. I don't know what song she's singing, but she told me she's thinking about singing a song that says, When you've done all you can do, just stand. Just stand. Stand. That's what God is asking us to do. He's not asking us to fight the battle. The battle's not yours, but it's God's. The battle is not yours, but the battle is God's. He's saying, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Church, it's time for us to stop relying on us, on ourselves, and start believing in what He did at Calvary's cross. And start believing in the finished work of Christ. Now that's starting to make sense to us. The just shall live by faith, not by works. It can't be done by works. The works are... Listen, the Christian disciplines. We should discipline ourselves. We should put ourselves to the plow. We should, we should uh, make ourselves, if we don't feel like it, we should make ourselves go before the Lord and pray. But when we rely on those things to bring us righteousness, then we are saying that the law brings righteousness. We're saying that what Christ did at Calvary's cross isn't enough. And we're saying that those things bring righteousness. And it can't be done. You see, so many Christians find themselves in that point. And it's, it, it's so sad. I imagine that God is looking down on them. The work is already finished, but they're trying to finish it on their own. Yeah. Think of it. <clears throat> Somebody says, well, JT, you're saying just to live however you want and just believe. No, I'm saying that you believe that what Jesus Christ did is enough to make you whole and keep you whole. Inside of him, he took out the stony heart, right. and he made. That's it. Right. And no, but right. Of the grace. That's it. That's it. That's it. And you know, I dealt with drugs and other situations. They stay clean for a while, then they go right back because they the resolve has not been lifted. So you know Ronnie McLaughlin. Look before eyes and see that God, you know, cut that bizarre. That's it. And turn it around. And and we say this all that's all shut up. One thing about it, you don't lose your desire. No, it changes. Uh, your desire changes. That's it. I said, I was talking to people, so I was less thoughtful desire to come to church. You don't lose your desire. Your desire changes over to something. Something that you desire more than coming to church. You don't lose your desire. It, it yeah. stays the same. It, it, it's a desire what he's talking about. 
I'm trying to find a scripture right here. It talks about desire. Now, from our eyes, we can look at Ronnie and see how God delivered him. Amen. I think it's in Hebrews, but I can't find it. Thank God for that, you know, because that's before our very eyes. Always remember, you know, because I've lost my desire to sing. I've lost my desire to preach. I've lost my desire to come to church. I've lost my desire to read. No. You don't lose your desire. It just changes over there you go and that and and when when absolutely And then, and then I want to focus on this, Ronnie. Um, you couldn't have stopped if you wanted to, right? I'm right. But what it took to take that sin out was the power of God. And that was completely by grace. I mean, I know you didn't do anything to deserve that, did you? You just believed. And when you believed in what Jesus Christ did for you, He took that away. But then I want to focus, and, and I, I found the scripture, I think. Let me say one more time, and I'll, I'll get right back to you. Do you know what planted that belief and that desire in Ronnie Blanc? He had a good praying mom. Oh, yeah. That when Ronnie was out on the, the winds of everything, his mom planted that desire and that, that uh, you know, uh, to serve the Lord and yes. her out the way. That's it. You think about that. So many Christians find themselves in a point trying to fight the battle when the battle, when the war has already been won. Think about that. Just think about it, church. And I want us to look at this verse of Scripture just for a moment. I'm going to go and stay in Galatians. <clears throat> Let's stay in Galatians. Give me just one moment to get with my notes here. I got you right here, but you can go ahead if you want. But, you know, you got, you know, it's one thing to get saved. That's it. And see, like, like you're saying, um, that comes from we all have to have an object of faith. When our faith is in the right thing, then that's going to make our desire be right. But I want to focus on these verses. Go to Galatians if you want. I, and, I, and I encourage you to. I like for everybody to turn their Bible and look. Let's go to Galatians chapter 2, verse 16. I'm going to read just a couple verses. And I thank the Lord uh, that we no longer, there's nothing in and of ourselves. 2, verse 16. In and of ourselves, there's no thing that we can do to gain victory. But we trust in what He's done. You see, as Christians, we must understand that what has brought us into the fold is going to keep us into the fold. Amen. And I want to focus on this verse and I want to explain this in just a moment. 
Verse 16 says, knowing that a man, and Paul's going to say this. You see, Paul, I could go into Romans and I'm going to uh, eventually when I get a chance. I might start in at Wednesday. Paul talks about his past as a Christian when he struggled against a, a, a lifestyle and desires that were wrong in him. He talks about how he hated those things, but evil was present when he wanted to do good. He talks about those things that, that he hated, that wanted to do good. But Paul figured out the answer was not in himself. As I said earlier, he said, Oh, wretched man that I am. But he said that it's in Jesus Christ. He said, I, I don't glory in anything else save the cross of Christ. He said, those that preach, we preach Christ crucified. A stumbling block to the Jews and to the Greek foolishness. You see, the Jews were all about the law. The Jews said, look at me at what I'm doing. They said, I'm, I'm sacrificing doing this, this, and this a day. They took the wrong... I want to explain this for a moment. They took the meaning out of the sacrifice. The sacrifice pointed to Jesus Christ and what He would do. And their faith in what He would do. But they began to say, me doing the sacrifice brings me righteousness. But they were so wrong. They turned it into works and law. But what, it, what the sacrifice represented was Jesus Christ and what He would do and that they would believe. But they turned it in to believing that doing that sacrifice brought them righteousness. But Paul said, and, and, and Paul would preach grace. They, they would say, they, they, they could not stand for grace. They could not believe that, that somebody could be under grace and not under law. They couldn't believe, they couldn't believe that somebody could, could be under grace and be righteous. They thought, well, if these people are under grace, then they're just going to continue in this lifestyle of sin. But, and, and they hated what Paul said. But this is what Paul said. He said it's a stumbling block to the Jews. He said it's, to the Greek, it's foolishness. But he didn't let that stop him. He said, nevertheless, I preach Christ crucified. I preach Christ crucified. I preach I, that where, where sin did abound, grace much more abounds now. Well, I'm, I'm not under law. There's nothing in and of myself that can gain righteousness. So I must believe in Jesus Christ and what He did to grant me righteousness. Think about it, church. And, and I want to read these verses that Paul would write to the church of Galatia. You see, the, the church of Galatia he, he wrote to the Galatians. The church of Galatia had left the gospel of Jesus Christ. He said in the beginning, how soon? He couldn't understand. He couldn't believe that how soon that they were removed from Him that's called them under the grace of God unto another gospel. You see, that brings me to another point. The, th the thing that has called us into grace, Jesus Christ and what He did at the cross, the victory that we've won. We should not remove ourselves from them. That. Paul said, how soon you have removed yourself from Him that has called you to grace. When you remove from that. I'm sorry. When you remove from preaching Christ and what He did at the cross. When you remove from that, then you're preaching another gospel. Yes. 
you're preaching another gospel. I'm getting too excited and starting to preach when I'm supposed to teach. But the preacher's starting to come out in me. The preacher's starting to come out. The teacher is starting to sit down. The preacher's starting to come out. The church has went to another gospel. They've left the cross. We should, When we come to the cross as a sinner, we need to stay at the cross till we're a saint in glory. That's the only thing that brings us to glory is the cross. My, my, my. You see, when you start to think about it, it starts to make sense. Boy, if some Christians would just think about it. If they would just read the Word and think about it. If they would just read. I'm, it's pretty clear when it says that, 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 that you should no longer. That you see, people corrupt grace. It says now that we're under grace, shall we continue in sin? It's pretty clear. It says God forbid. Do away with the fault. Grace makes you live holy. But when you remove. When you remove yourself. From Him that has called you. Then you're leaving the gospel. You're leaving the gospel. And I'm getting ready to close. I've gotten away from my text really. But I, I want to continue this. And I'm going to Wednesday. And I'll, I'll preach, teach just for a few more minutes. But I'm going to continue this Wednesday. If you guys want to continue on. But what we've talked about. And some of y'all have came in late. Uh, shame on you guys. You missed out on a good teaching. But uh, what we've talked about is how we were saved. How there was nothing that we could do to get out of that lifestyle of sin. But Jesus Christ paid for it at Calvary's cross. And by faith, we have received redemption. The Bible says this is the base of Christianity. Abraham believed God. He didn't, he didn't do something for He believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And, 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 in, and in Galatians it said, we are of the same faith of Abraham. And it goes on to say, the just shall live by faith. So we've received redemption. We've received righteousness. We've received holiness once we're saved. And the way that we keep those things. That desire we have to do good. That desire that we have to do those, those things that are, that, are, that are good and that God likes. Paul would say that in his past that the desire to do good was, pre was, was there, but evil was yeah, present. When I want to do good, evil's present. Come on. He said, when I want to do good, evil's present. But then Paul would say that it's by the same faith that we shall live by faith. In Jesus Christ. Amen. So many Christians find themselves with that good desire in their heart. They want to do good so bad. They want to please God. They want to, 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 to do righteous and to be holy and to be like Christ. But they're trying to gain it through their own ability and their own strength. They're trying to, to do this and that and the other. To gain it when no man can be justified Come on. by the law. Come on. Amen. You cannot gain righteousness by the law. But it's by faith. The Bible says that as we have received Christ, as we've received Christ, walk in it. Now think about that verse of Scripture before I close. It says in Colossians 2 and 6, 
Very good verse of scripture. As ye have received Christ, walk in him. Built up, established in the faith. Not trying to fight to win the battle. Fight to keep the faith that the battle has already won. We're going to lose battles. But the war, the battles, we may, we may lose battles at times. We may find ourselves looking failure right in the eyes. I, I, I've just read about it. I'm talking to y'all. I've just read about failure. I don't know. You know, I read a book and maybe a couple times along. No. Come on now. We find ourselves in that position more times than we want. We find ourselves lying in a, in a, in a, in a, in a puddle of despair. Hallelujah. Crying to ourselves, Lord, I'm sorry. But when you lose the battle, don't lose the faith. Amen. When you lose the battle at times, church, keep the faith Amen. in Christ and what He's done. Amen. The just Amen. shall live. That does not mean that the juster, and it, and it does, the, the juster saved by faith, justification by faith. But while we live, the just shall live yes, come on. by faith. When you focus on yourself, when you rely on flesh, an evil will be present when you're wanting to do good. When you want to do that which pleases God. When you rely on yourself to do it. You'll find yourself failing. Self can only let you down. If your faith is in me. I'm sorry. But I, I'm going to let you down. If your faith is in my dad. I'm sorry. But he's going to let you down. If your faith is in what you do. We all know. That we can do it for a while. But we're going to fall. Yes. <coughs> but when our faith is in Christ, the victory is already won. So now we can stand still and watch and see the salvation. Salvation does not just mean being saved at first, but it means continuing to live for God. We can stand still. Trust in the finished work of Christ. Lean not upon your own understanding. And see the salvation of the Lord. The just shall live by faith. If you want a little more of this message. And I have already know what I'm going to preach. I'm going to be in Romans chapter 6. Uh, Wednesday. But if you want to hear more. And if you don't. That's fine. That ain't going to hurt my feelings. But if you do. I love to see you here Wednesday. Come be with us. Uh, I'll probably be entitled preaching a message entitled "Frustrating the Grace of God." Maybe I don't know. I've got a lot going through my head. There's so much to cover in Romans. If I have it my way, I'd be here every day teaching you guys Romans. I love it. That's the Christian experience. But I'm going to continue this Wednesday, and I want us to uh, keep that in our mind. The just. There's nothing that we can do to gain righteousness. 
that's already been worn at Calvary's cross. Let's give God a hand clap. Amen. I thank the Lord. We got a few more coming in. I was trying to, I was going to end about five minutes early, but I'm waiting on uh, a few more. I, I don't know, but we'll go ahead and, and take about five or ten minute break. And we're going to go to the bathroom, use the bathroom. Like I said a couple Sundays ago, if you got any gas, take it out there and let it out before this breaks over with. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm being very facetious. I'm sorry, but just stand near him if you're gonna. No, I'm just kidding. But tell somebody they look good, and we'll be back in service, and we'll be ready to have a good service. I've got a feeling about today that something good is going to happen.